Jeremy, the second day of Fun Belt Media Days. Yeah, we're taking over the, the sponsorship of it. It's no longer the Sun Belt. It's just the Fun Belt Media Days. Everyone's here for us, right? Well, that's a good idea. Why didn't we do that? We should have. Let's talk to Keith Hill. Next year, it will be Fun Belt Media. I've, sponsored by Fun Belt I have a Sharpie in my bag. Yeah, we could probably change some of the signage. We'll, we'll make it this year. Just <laughs> retroactive. So well, t- today is the day, yeah. though, uh-huh. that we get to talk the wild, wild west. Yes, the last, the wide, wide west, because it's wide open. It is wide open. I tell you, though, I the Cajuns, obviously, the priests pick there in the coaches' poll. Yeah. I don't like that pick. I don't either. And, you know, talking to some people around here, I think there is some... Uh, a lot of people kind of share that concern. Lots of stuff going on at, with the Cajuns. Lots of uh, great players that portal out. You've got uh, Levi Lewis, who had been starting at quarterback forever with the Cajuns, no longer with the Cajuns, aged out, got a new uh, head coach. So there's a lot of uh, new things going on with the Cajuns. I don't know why you would think automatically that that would lead to success. I think if we look at it at a national level, Alabama is probably going to be a champion, and you know I think that the Sun Belt West champion will be an Alabama school. Mm, you know what? I'm inclined to agree with that assessment. Both South Alabama and Troy, good And and honestly, I don't know if I could narrow it down to a single school. Ooh, Maybe okay. leaning a little bit more towards Troy because I feel like their defense is a little bit more intact, a little bit. Stronger than South Alabama's, uh-huh. not to take away from South Alabama's defense because right. I feel that is their strength. Right. But I definitely think that the the West goes through the state of Alabama. Absolutely, I lead towards Troy too. But uh, South Alabama has you know experience, some belt experience at head coach with Kane Womack, uh, John Summerall. Uh, comes in, well, not necessarily new to Troy. He had been to Troy uh, another capacity before head coach, but now he's new head coach. But uh, I think I think you're right. I think Troy has the edge over South Alabama. The lone team in the West that I just don't think it's their year to compete. I think that they're on the verge of being good, but they're just not there yet, is Southern Miss. I think that they have all the right pieces. I think head coach Will Hall is the right guy. I think he's building a program, but 2022 is not going to be the year of the Southern Miss Eagles. You know, Southern Miss has a, a, a rabid fan base. They, they big believers in their team, but that offense was not good last year. And now they're, they need to find somebody at QB that's going to be their long-term guy. I hope Will Hall manages to get it all together, but you're right. This is not the year for uh, Southern Miss. But I do think that running back Frank Gore does pick up another 1,000-yard rushing performance one solidifying of, him as one of the best running backs in the Sun Belt. One of the legit stars in the Sun Belt. So if, uh, <laughs> if Southern Miss has a, a, one thing to look forward to, it's absolutely the performance of Frank And of course, how can we not talk about ULM and <laughs> how we will get to hear from linebacker Zach Woodard on that Warhawk defense, as well as the best name in college football. I keep saying it time and time again, but Boogie Knight here to talk with us about the ULM offense. You know, ULM is coming in with a lot of great energy. Uh, you said it, uh, it's really year one for Terry Bowden. Kind of looking at the first year as year zero. Now he's getting his people in, getting his processes in. This year will be some growing pains, but ULM, to me, just has as much shot as anyone in the, in the uh, wide, wide west. I think the biggest question mark, though, in the west, <clears throat> Texas State. 
I, I, I think that the head, head coach Jake Spavadol is really fighting for his life there in San Marcos. I think he could possibly pull it out as long as he can hit that six-win mark to be bowl eligible. I think that that gives us an extension there for his tenure leading the Bobcats. But if it goes south, how how south does it go, and and does he even finish out the season? Uh, you know what? I do think Spavadol finishes the season. I actually think he has a, has a pretty good year. Here's the thing about the Bobcats, though. Every year I think they're going to have a good year, and something happens where something just doesn't quite connect. This could be the year for the Bobcats. Lane Hatcher comes in from Arkansas State, might provide that leadership behind center that they desperately need. I think he is he's definitely the key, and I think – how he how he fares is how the season goes for the Bobcats. Absolutely. So, without further ado, interviews from Let's across dive right in. the Sun Belt West. <laughs> Jeremy, your favorite team, yeah. other than your Arkansas State Red Wolves. I love the Bobcats. The Bobcats are here with us as Jordan Rebels linebacker and offensive lineman Kyle Virgil. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Man, look at that! You did it. Nailing it. Yep. <laughs> They join us on the Fun Belt Podcast. Welcome in, guys. Kyle, got to start off. You come into the season one of the top 20 offensive line prospects for the NFL. What, what, what keeps driving you, man, to be number 19 and 18 and then number one? To be number one, you know, I think that uh, if you look at that entire list, you look at all the guys on there, they're all Power 5 schools. I was the only group of five player on there, lucky enough to be on there. It wasn't luck, really. I worked so hard for that. I put everything I have into this, and uh, – I'm just going to continue to put everything I have into it just until next year, right? And it's going to show in about six months what uh, what the results are going to be. I have a, a great belief in uh, myself and my teammates around me. I think we're going to do some really good things personally and team-wise. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool to be on that list. New quarterback there behind you, Lane Hatcher. What have you seen out of him as he comes in from Arkansas State to take over at the Bobcats? Relentless work ethic. That guy <laughs> is a grinder. You know, a lot of people uh, look at that position, you know, you, you know, whoever it is back there, whether it be Ty or him, it, they just work, both of them work really hard, right? But Lane especially, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, you can kind of rally around because, you know, he puts in that work and he, uh, he works harder than a lot of people in that building. But it's awesome to be around a guy like that. So the Bobcats here are coming off a, a you know, a, maybe a disappointing year last year. This year, it seems like it could be the year for the Bobcats. What's different about this year's Bobcats versus last year's Bobcats? Um, I just feel like we're eight steps ahead mentally. And the difference between last year and this year was it was a lot of, a lot of mental errors. We, we hurt ourselves. That's where everybody on the field. And I just feel like everybody got that understanding to where, like, we can't we can't afford no errors or no mistakes, so everybody got to be on point mentally. So I feel like that's just uh, the greatest step I've seen my sister on since the season, just mentally. I think uh, culture. I think our culture. Yeah, our culture's changed so much over the past you know eight eight months since the season, since our last game actually at Arkansas State, and I think just developing that blue collar mentality, being able to just fall back on your training when you know stuff gets tough, right? Tough people do tough things, right? And I think we're, we're a bunch of guys that are willing to do the tough thing, and I think we've developed that mentality through the offseason, and it's going to show for sure this season. Back-to-back G5 games to open the conference, traveling out to Nevada for the, the opener, and then FIU. How big is that that you're able to kind of 
help advance the Sunbelt Conference as a whole, knowing that you have two big games that are that are, that are here. I think it's really cool, you know, going uh, out of conference games, but they're still G5 games, right? So it's a big thing for us to put on for the Sunbelt, put on for Texas. And, you know, we're the only team in Texas in the Sunbelt, so it's also really cool for that, too. And uh, being able to show what we got, right, going out there in the Mount West Conference and playing Nevada, it's going to be uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be really good. So uh, Baylor was a good game last year. It was just a fun game to watch. Uh, do you feel like you guys learned any lessons from that big stage? Um, I feel like when we when, we, when you see we go against a, a bigger opponent, it's really no it's no mental errors. You can't have no mental errors. You can't have no mistakes. And that's buzz, flags, anything. I just feel like that. We limit that this year. I'm not telling what happens. Clean football for 60 minutes is what we got to do to have a shot versus those big power five teams, right? Did you see the the the, um, the new requirements set for offensive linemen that was being presented earlier? In the, in the no, I did, I did not. So there, there hasn't been any discussion in the offensive line room. No, I didn't. I didn't hear about it. It was like probably like they changed the cut rules for the third time. On the ball. I, like, I think it's pretty much yeah. no no ball of the waist unless you're in the tackle box touching the tackle. But if you're inside the tackle, as long as you front and get the guy inside the tackle box, so you're not going to get cut unless you're inside the tackle box by guys. Yeah. You just got to call time out in the middle of play, make sure everything's lined up right, yeah. measure everything, it's yardage. You know, we do those presentations every beginning of camp, and you kind of go over the rules, and, you know, cut, cut, cut rules are like one of the biggest topics, you know, like it's, it changes, I feel like every year, like last year, like you can do 10 and 2 or something, and then it's in between that, and then it changes to this, but... You know, it's just you gotta adapt, you know, you just gotta adapt in this world with it, so really good. It sounded real cool once. Like I said, you have to call time out, gotta measure. Oh my god. It's a good thing you can always hit the start button pause. Sure, So, guys, as you kind of look around the Sunbelt Conference, do you feel that this league has really kind of stepped up from when y'all came in to it to where it is today? Yeah, I feel like it really stepped up with that new talent coming to the Sunbelt, whether that's teams coming to the Sunbelt. I feel like it's growing and the talent is getting crazy and it's getting a lot tougher. Yeah, you know, it's my second year in the Sunbelt, so I kind of just got my toes wet last year. But it's been it's been awesome, you know, seeing the league expand. We got what four new teams, three new teams, four new teams, and uh, I think it's just it's good for the league, right? Why not, right? Put some fresh blood into it, expand the conference, make it make it as big as possible. Uh, it's always fun for the guys to not play the same teams every year, you know. But uh, I think it's cool that these teams are coming up and stepping up to the plate and entering the Sunbelt. I think it's going to be really fun. Either one of you guys have a game specifically circled on the uh, schedule? All, all, every game is a big game. <laughs> every game is an important game. Coach is going to like hearing that. The next one. <laughs> the next one. Uh, so, Kato, how do you wind up from Toronto to San Marcos? I love some San Marcos, but that's not the, the, the first place that I think a dart would even hit when you throw it at, at the States. Yeah, you know, I uh, I was just an under-recruited out of Canada, uh, kid out of Canada. I, uh, I had a late offer from North Dakota. I played really well for myself in North Dakota. I did what I had to do there, and then I, uh, I had a chance to enter the portal, and I did. And I had a, had a bunch of offers, you know, coming out, and 
I, my recruiting picked up in Texas, strangely enough, like more than anything. Like I had, I was talking to pretty much every Texas school, and then uh, I just really jived with the coaching staff. You know, talking with Coach Spav, and then down with the guys that I'm going to be around with every day, right? And I think they did a really good job recruiting me. I wanted the opportunity to come in and help change this place, and, you know, I think I'm doing that. I think I'm going to be able to do that, and it's going to show again this year. And being able to play with guys like this every day, it's awesome, you know, relationships and bonds that I'll have for a lifetime. I'll, I'll never be able to uh, forget these guys, and I'll always have a guy to call when, when I need to call someone and anyone I've got to. How great has it been being here at Media Day where you get to hang out with some other guys from around the league which uh, might not necessarily always get to talk yeah, it's cool, you know, seeing them, how they carry themselves around the big crowd, and uh, you kind of watch how guys, you know, interact with other people, you know, it's, it's cool. It's an exciting experience that, you know what I'm saying, it don't happen often, it's really once once every four years for one person, you feel me, so I just feel like it's, it's exciting, like he said, you kind of see how people carry themselves, kind of see how people interact, and it's been a great experience. Appreciate y'all coming and be uh, for the Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Carlton, uh, you are also the lone representative uh, for the Sunbelt for the Butkus Award. Uh, what was that like uh, to be on that on that list? It's a pretty big list. Oh, yeah, that's an, that's an amazing honor. You know, I'm, I can't really put it into words, but I'm just grateful. You know, I'm looking forward to this season and hopefully I can actually bring it home. Also, all the focus last year on the Troy defense because that was really what kind of carried the Trojans. But on the offensive line, tell me what are you seeing early on out of that Trojan offense? Competition, man. Competitive nature. Uh, you know, we brought in a lot of junior college guys to, to breed competition in the room. And, you know, with the coaching shift and everything, I, I think our mentality has changed within that room. We're a lot, we're a lot more aggressive, a lot more, you know, a lot more tenacity in that room. And I think it's gonna it's gonna show in our play style this fall. New head coach John Sumter comes in, gonna take over the play calling. What what have you seen early on of, of what the identity of this Trojan offense is gonna be? It's a physical offense. You know, we're we're moving away from what a lot of college football is now, which is a lot of the spread personnel, and we're we're gonna put we're gonna put 12 and 21 personnel on the field, and we're gonna run the ball. And I'm sure my coaches don't have a problem with me saying that because I mean that's just who we're gonna be, and that's what teams are gonna know us to be. You know, when I think of Troy, I always think of being tough in the middle. Uh, big offensive lineman, big defensive lineman. Right. How has Troy become that that sort of uh, Sunbelt school that seems to churn out uh, bigs every year? Yeah, it's it's our work ethic, man. We, we've been blessed with an amazing strength staff down there for a couple years now. And our gains and our, our size and our strength, I, I think it's, it's unmatched. We, we've always had a great strength and conditioning program at Troy University. As, as far back as you want to look, we've had an amazing program down there in regards to strength and conditioning. So I think that helps us out a ton. And great facilities too, is that right? Yes, oh, yeah. sir. Tips, are you okay? I'm great. All right, got the call there. So this year, uh, you're in the, I call it the, the wide, wide west. Anybody can win it. But uh, yeah, I, I run a, a, a website called Hellraiser. I have Troy winning the West. What do you think? Uh, I like that prediction. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what we think. We're, we're a little biased, but you know, I think I think the the Sun Belt as a whole is going to be an amazing league this year. The, the realignment that we have, the teams that we have, the competitiveness that we have. 
the Sun Belt is is making a name for itself as one of those top tier program, uh, the top tier conferences. So you guys came out from the East, which let's admit it, the East is a grinder. Yeah. How is the transition going from the East, uh, playing all those really tough Sun Belt teams to come to the West, where there's a lot of teams that are still trying to find their identity? We, we look at it. We look at it as you know. There's just, there's just another team on our schedule, you know, we don't want to put one game ahead of the other, like, oh, this team is better than this team, maybe on paper, but instead I'd go out there and play those games. Hey, if there's anything we've learned from college football these past couple years, anything can happen on any given Saturday. So, you know, like he said, we, we take every game serious. We don't put one opponent ahead of the other. We, we focus on that week and what's ahead of us. So is it useless for me to ask you if you've circled any one game on the calendar? <laughs> well, I mean, I will say this. Everybody knows that we're circling that first one. And, you know, not just because it is our first one and it's important to get that, that momentum started, but we, we know what type of game that is. We know what type of game that's going to be going into Ole Miss. And I think it's going to be a tone setter for this new program that we're ushering in. Whenever you replay those games, obviously you want to win it for Troy, win it for yourself. But do you also kind of beat your chest and say, look what we did for the Sun Belt in those type of games? I do, definitely. You know, every time that, that we win these types of games or App State wins these types of games, they've been known to do it over the years, Louisiana, Coastal, you know, it just makes our whole conference look better. It gives us more prestige about ourselves. And like you said, it makes the whole conference look good. NIL. That's Carlton. Yeah, that's a Carlton question. Tell me about some NIL deals and what you got going on. You know, I have a few things, you know, I actually recently posted for Jones Medical Supply. You know, they are basically selling oxygen to people. So, you know, I had a few encounters with you know, other little companies, but nothing too big. You know, I try to keep it a little a little low key just because we're nowhere in a smaller market. Of course. Do you do the Carlton dance? I think you show. did, didn't you? Didn't you post one? <laughs> I, I do not do the dance for the NIL, but I have done it before, before on camera. Just, <laughs> just for the media. We got to find this video. <laughs> I don't know where it is. It might be on the dark web, but we got to find this video. I'm pretty sure Adam still has it, actually. I'm sure he does. So, new coach, John Summerall, how you like him? Well, he's pretty. He's pretty good. You know, he was there when we first got there. So oh, okay, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so he's welcome back, yeah. Otter. Yeah, yeah most We have we have a little bit of experience with him, you know, and we have experience in that Neil Brown type of era program, and you know, it reminds me a lot of those years, those 2017, 2018 years. So, I think the the hype around the program is going to be good. I think our fan base is going to be really excited. You know, we're excited. We're yeah. ready to play some football. So, it's going to be really good. Guys, we thank you as always for joining the Fun Belt Podcast. We're anxious to see what the Troy Trojans can do for us this year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate Thanks y'all having us. I'll be more about the governor of the Sun Belt Conference. That is South Alabama head coach, Team 1. Coach, I mean, you know, your team's got to be one of the dark horses in the wide west of the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I, uh, I the, everybody's been talking about those preseason polls and all those things. I, 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 I tried, you know, despite my best efforts, um, I, I picked us dead last. So, um, you know, um, trying to trying to get us. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, my buddy uh, John Summerall just walked by, and we have a, we have a good little. Obviously, we got the on-field rivalry, but 
but good, good friends, friends that like to raz each, each other. other. So, so he's booing me behind you guys, you guys right now. But, uh, um, you know, I, I think uh, in some ways it's great to be recognized by your peers, right, that, that, that maybe you're doing some things in the right direction. We are significantly better as a football team in all aspects. I mean, our talent is better. Culture, roster, you know, um, schematically, all those things, just even the expectation in the building going into year two is, is significantly better. What that means, I'm not sure yet. Uh, but I think the thing that we have to be focused on is, is, you know, you look at last season and against the best teams in our league, um, we really kind of weathered the storm to the fourth quarter and then ultimately lost because I think their team expected to win. We were happy to be there. We have to start embodying the properties of a storm ourselves. we got to start inflicting our force and our will onto other people um, and having an expectation over a belief. You know, that's, that's an important, important aspect to, to, to winning and building success in, in our program particularly. When we talk for we talk about building a program. Yeah. So do you feel like you kind of check the boxes that you, you know, once a conference you you had a, a, a draft pick in the NFL there in jail Do you feel that you're still progressing in the program that you have that vision? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, I don't think that ever stops, you know what I mean? I think um, in year one there are so many things that have to happen and every expectation, vision, standard, all those things that you have for a program as a head coach have to come out of your mouth, right, and then be reinforced and held accountable every single day. So. Going, going into, into year two, two it's rewarding to start, start seeing other people anticipate and embody the, the you know the characteristics that I have for our program that's really fun we're going to continue to stay on those things and uh, and then you know and be about our process I don't one time and I, and I never will go in front of our players and say these are our team goals for this season we want to win the Sun Belt we want to go to a bowl game we want to do this we just want to keep narrowing the margin of error, right? Because if you narrow the margin of error, then you're going to operate within the margin of success, right? And and whether you show up and you are on hitting on all cylinders that day or whether things are kind of going back and forth, we call it Murphy's Law, right? Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Murphy's going to show up in a game, and we got to be ready to anticipate Murphy and work within that margin of error. Well, how do you... Uh, uh, confront and overcome Murphy's Law. Yeah. Uh, who do we can we expect from South Alabama that maybe we haven't heard of, but you see as somebody who, who might become a star on the ground? Well, you know, certainly you, you look to the quarterback position, right? Um, we're really excited about Carter Bradley uh, coming in as a transfer from Toledo. Um, one of the most gifted uh, arm talents that I've ever been around. The only guy that I would say rivals him that I've been around is Mike Penix, who was our quarterback at Indiana. Um, truly gifted arm, um, excited about him. Desmond Trotter has come uh, leaps and bounds from even where he was a year ago um, and certainly has experience as a starter in the Sun Belt. But, you know, you talk about new faces outside of that. You know, we're really excited about LaDamian Webb, um, the running back that, you know, he's Mr. Football in the state of Alabama, um, went to Florida State, you know, kind of got out from COVID, um, you know, some of those scares and, you know, everybody handled that situation in their own way. But for us, um, having an explosive playmaker out of the backfield um, is really a, an exciting thing because we did not run the ball anywhere near what we needed to to be a consistently winning football program. So that's great. Our tight ends are in a great position. Lincoln Sepsik had 40 catches last year. On top of him, DJ Thomas is coming from Ole Miss. 
um, those are two very gifted tight ends at, at the group of five level. And so I'm uh, excited about some of the mismatches that we're bringing to the table as well. You know, uh, one of the themes for the Sun Belt this year, uh, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it's been rivalry. That mm. when the new uh, team's coming in, it's built new rivalries. But there's some also really good old rivalries in the Sun Belt, or current rivalries. One is between uh, South Alabama and Troy. But you come in, uh, you seem to have a pretty good relationship with John Summerall, the new head coach of Troy. Yeah, yeah you, know, you know, John and I have known each other for quite a long time. Um, and uh, I think that's the fun thing about this profession, is you have these rivalries. And I, I want to beat John's tail on the inside and out, right? But we also, um, it was funny, we didn't plan it, but we both ended up in the same vacation place this year in Fairhope, Alabama, where we stayed at the Green Hotel, ran into each other, our families are hanging out. We're, we're having a good, good time. time. Um, so, so that, that is, is the neat aspect to, um, to, to, to that, that rivalry particularly. And then, and then you look at the regional rivalries. rivalries. I, you know, I, I think Keith Gill and, and the staff of Summit Conference, Conference have done a tremendous job of positioning our conference uh, to be the premier group of five um, league. And so, uh, you know, you look at some of the realignments and the, the, you know, some people were uh, weathering storm and trying to hold people off and other people were aggressive, right? And, and I think Keith and, and the rest of our, our, our staff and, uh, for the Sunbelt were, were aggressive and put ourselves in a great position. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic. You know, uh, we talk about building consistency in our program, right? It's the number one thing that South Alabama has not had. Think, think years back. We've had big wins. You know, my first ever game as a defensive coordinator at South Alabama in 2016 was, was Mississippi State. Beat them 21 to 20. Then two, two weeks, weeks later, later, we're playing Nickel State, State at home and, 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 and beat them in double, double overtime, but it takes us double overtime and a, and a goal line stop to do it. it. That inconsistency is what we have to start establishing. Regardless of who we play, regardless of how we feel, just being about our process and working within that margin of error that will allow us to be successful you know, no matter who we face. You know, just talking to you and saying, you were talking about margin of error. Yeah. It sounds to me like you feel like last season was was a a result of not meeting that challenge of margin of error. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. so. You know, you, know, you, you think, think about, about um, we were. You know, you, you look, look we, were, we were in close games against, against the best teams, teams in our league. We, we, we missed a field goal with 40 seconds left to lose 18 to 20 to Louisiana. Double overtime against Coastal Carolina. You know, and the list goes on and on. But, but uh, expectation is more powerful than belief. And uh, I use the example of the 2016, you know, FIFA World Cup, right? The slogan was, I believe that we will win, right? For the USA team, and we got our butts kicked by Germany, right? Um, expecting to win is more powerful than believing that you can win or just being happy that you're in that moment. And that's what our team has to do. We, we have to start setting expectations and being those moments and then capitalize. <laughs> I do appreciate that, guys, and uh, it's fun hanging out with you guys, and, and, and really fun just what you guys do for the Sun Belt. You know, I think we're putting ourselves in position to capitalize on all the great things that we're doing as a league, and you guys are a big piece of that. Well, quite frankly, Keith Hill said the Sun Belt is rising, and Tibbs and I are rising with them. There you go. <laughs>
Yeah. Or we're just full of beer. That's pretty good. All right. Thank the Jags join the Fun Belt Podcast now as receiver Jalen Wayne and cornerback Darrell Luter. First team all Sun Belt this year, second team all American last year, 21 tackles, four interceptions. No wonder the Jags defense was so good. Tell me about that Jags defense and how it's going to look this upcoming season. You know, the defense was, uh, you know, we're real good. Um, you know, it's all about Swarm D. That's what we're, that's our motto. That's our standard. You know, it's all about, you know, LEO with us, you know, loving each other. Um, you know, with our defense, I feel like, you know, uh, you know, we just got to have that mindset and uh, just come with it this season. You know, everybody be locked in. Um, you know, last year we were more worried about, you know, weathering the storm, but we plan on definitely uh, being a storm this year. So. The Sunbelt West is just so wide open, and I really think it's going to come down to actually the, the offense more than, than the defense there. Jalen, you're still right there in your, in your backyard. Y'all lose the other Jalen from last year. How do you see kind of stepping up in that offensive role to, to carry that Jags offense again? Um, I feel like that's going to be, um, that's gonna be uh, one of the biggest things for our offense to me is stepping up and making sure our economy take on the load that he had last year, but that's just kind of the role that we've been having. You know, he stepped up in the role last season when KB left, and now I got to step up in the head, so that's just how I'm going to attack it every single day, and I just got to stay on my younger guys because we're kind of young in our room right now, but we got a lot of ability, so it should be an easy task. But offensively, we got a lot of returning experience on the whole line got a better quarterback than a new quarterback is, so I feel like it'll be a what was Jalen Tolbert's kind of parting words of wisdom for you as, as, as he left third round draft pick by the Cowboys for uh, the Jags? Still talking to him this day, but you know, the, before he departed, he just made sure I just remember that you know the the goal is to make sure we win, trying to get a conference championship, trying to get to the bowl game, and just continue trying to change the culture that we have and just build on what we did last year. So that's about really what it was. New quarterback slinging the ball there to you, transfer from Toledo. What's it been like in the offseason with those workouts going on? Uh, we, had to, we had to definitely um, do some routes on there for me to get used to high throws ball. But right around now, I, I love high throws. It's kind of an advance to me. And he's got way better with the playbook, so everything's just kind of rolling. So the defense, uh, again, is, is Definitely the experienced part of, of the Jags. What have you seen when you look at that offensive side? Oh, yeah. Uh, when I look at the offensive side of our, uh, of our team, it's, it's actually uh, amazing. Uh, just seeing everybody uh, that we got brought uh, in, some new guys, and of course, you know, some older guys, some boys, of course, uh, Jalen Wayne on the, uh, the side of You know, uh, it's kind of like an advantage a little bit. Uh, but just knowing who we have, the women that we have, you know, uh, you get to face one of the new teams of the Sunbelt Conference, the Old Dominion, comes to Whitley Hancock Stadium this year. Have you have you really paid much attention to these new schools coming in and kind of seeing what to expect out of them? Oh yeah, uh, you know, five of them are actually new on our schedule. Uh, of course, you got Old Dominion, like you said, you have UCLA, you have Central Michigan, you have Middle State, uh, Louisiana Tech. You know, just. Uh, knowing the new, the new and upcoming games that we have is actually pretty uh, amazing as well. You know, different opportunities, you know, better opportunities. So, you know, uh, hopefully we want to capitalize on those. 
How big is this Nichols game to kind of set the pace for this upcoming season? I feel like it's uh, I feel like it'd be pretty big as an opening uh, opening force. Uh, you know, just see what uh, see what uh, see what it takes us you know, this season. So, you know, just keep our head on straight. Jalen, I, I like the Jags as, as one of my sleeper picks for the West. Who do you see being the second pick that I should be making in, in, in the Sunbelt West? Uh, I don't really know, but um, our, our, our goal is to definitely get the front run and just, you know, winning on our side. But we're just trying to make sure we're not out here trying to weather any storms. We're just trying to be a storm and whatever comes with that, then, you know, that's what it is. But whoever's out after us, I don't really know what to say or who to be. Leo, thank you all very much. Thank you. Joining us on Funbelt Podcast, the ULM student athletes of Zach Woodard and the the best name in all of college football, Boogie Knight. Boogie's second team all conference to start off the season. Talk about that and, and kind of how that's maybe a little bit of a reward for all the hard work you've put in for this upcoming season. Yeah, it's definitely a reward. I mean, it's always nice to see and get like the rewards and see the hard work pay off. Obviously, in my perspective, it's a blessing, but it's it's not like I'm never satisfied with that. Like I always, I, I try to like not even focus on the individual awards. Like I'm so focused on this team what we're capable of doing this year, each and every day. Like that's what I wake up my goals. The team goals definitely come before my individual goals. And what are those team goals that you have for this year? The team goals, I mean, we've talked about it. We preach it to, like, younger guys, especially being leaders. Like, we try to make it known and set that standard. Uh, this team is not like previous UN teams for the past 20-so years. We're really trying to, the conference on our mind every day and going bowling and winning a bowl game, like, setting a standard for this university for following years. That's, like, our goals. So last season, there's a little bit of chaos at quarterback. This season, it looks like it's Chandler Rogers' ball. How does it feel going in, knowing that you have a quarterback that you've grown accustomed to? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you start most of the season at the end of the year, right? About six games. So now it's almost like you have a veteran quarterback. How does that feel going in? Yeah, I mean, it's a great feeling knowing like we got someone like Chandler who he's working hard each and every day, and he's stepped up in that leadership role as one of the leaders in the offense, and that's huge. And for him to get those six games last year, like that experience is huge. He's got some huge wins under his belt, so that gives him the confidence he needs. And like I said, he's been working hard all offseason, having routes, like he's calling routes, like all the receivers are getting there, and he's going to be a good leader for this offense, and he's got the talent and capability to help get us where this team goes. Like he's got the talent to get us where we need to go. So Zach, we talk about this offense. You can leave without the offense. What does this war defense really look like as y'all get ready to break in here in the next few weeks? Really more, just say more cohesive, just fast and physical and just making sure that we lock down coverage and just run stopping. Really trying to be a whole package in one. As we looked around the past of the players that come in, it was always easy to hear. secondary position? Oh, really look out for Jabari, and it's Jabari? Jabari. Yeah, Jabari. So, with that said, what, what are some of the goals that you have this year? I mean, obviously, the West is wide open, so obviously, trying to get that, that West title is first and foremost. What other goals do you have this season? Really, that one, winning the conference, winning our, our, our winning the whole conference, and then going bowling. That's the two main goals. Winning, going bowling, and winning the conference. So, Terry Bowden, year two, 
Is, has he has he calmed down any? Or is he still like just a little uh, a firecracker? <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think that's just Coach Brown's personality. Like he <laughs> has so much passion in football, and he's so intelligent. We were just talking like. You really, really don't, don't know how knowledgeable the game he is until you get to like sit down and talk with him. He's so knowledgeable. He's got so much on his mind. And he's just, he's always got that like energy. He's almost like right to your eggs. He's always like just happy. He's always got this solid energy. Kind of brings like the morale like everybody around him. I miss those. <laughs> Picture of a golf It's like as a team, it's like we like it. It's like because it's like it's like a true player's goal because like we know at the end of the day he's not trying to over. He's just trying to bring attention and do everything he do for the program at the end of the day. Newport Dance also on both sides of the ball. What do you see out of? Yeah, I think the big thing about Cubic is he's like a mastermind. Like for his age, like the amount of knowledge he has for the game of football, and like he knows when to call plays and how to call them, and call them out of certain formations and different looks, and just very intelligent. He's definitely a people's person. But the players love him, other coaches love him. Like he makes practice like enjoyable for everybody. Like we know how to work hard. Like he's big on like making sure everybody's enjoying it. Like treat it like it is a job. It's football. It's serious. But like you gotta enjoy what you do and love what you do each and every day. So I think throughout the spring, like I clicked with him a ton. Like all the whole offensive side of the ball loves him. With him more of like a knowledge and a veteran, more being able to pull a lot of information from stuff he done in decades ago or something he did like a year ago and been able to support it and knowledge it to us and just having like a more veteran here out of DC, really. Both of y'all seniors this upcoming year, what do you want your, your legacy to be? I want to, for my legacy, I want it just to be like I set the standard and help change the culture and the program, like change the complete direction. Like, like I said, the previous year, I'm like, that's not who we are now. We're trying to set the standard for years to come and like base this program on like hard work and like setting the standard, winning a bowl game, going to the conference this year, just for future references that any new guys coming in and the guys on the team that maybe not upperclassmen yet, but they know the standard and they set it for the young guys. And everybody just comes in with that mindset and those expectations that Winning is it's not enough, like, like conference championship and bowl game championships like us with this program is based around. Basically, just to pick up back off, he said, just to bring really respect to the program, honestly. And just like he said, turn the program and try to head in these next few years to where ULM, when you hit ULM, you get the respect with it. Like, it's like, that's really the main thing for me. You know, uh, the West is wild, wide open. Mm-hmm. Anybody can win the West, and why not ULM? But before you uh, start with the conference, you have a pretty tough game uh, at the uh, beginning of the season. What's it like uh, preparing for uh, Texas? Yeah, I mean, preparing for a team like that, you know that naturally they're going to be bigger, faster, stronger. It comes out of that. But we have such talented coaches, both on the offensive side and defensive side. Like our seniors going to be there. And we got, I think the biggest thing we got this team is based on hard work. And we got the right leaders and the right players and the right roles. And like I said, that, that game, at the end of the day, is just... 18 to 22, we're playing 18 to 22. We're all playing a game, and it just really comes down to who wants it more than a day. Well, you would do well to cement your legacy with the ULM to defeat Texas. That would be nice if you guys could do that for us. I appreciate that. I like the simplicity. We're just 18 to 22. We're playing a game. Yeah. Don't worry about the 100 and something else. It'll be there. Yeah. No pressure.
bit of the the of the season, we get some cool weeks of pretty good football. Do y'all just kind of take a step back and when we get the time that the changes make sense? Or do y'all kind of say, all right, if we can make it through this, then we're good, you know, when some of the action starts? Yeah, I think, I think we look at those games more so like, we're not afraid of those games, we're looking at those games as opportunities to put ourselves on the map and put you all on the map. Like, we can get a game from Texas. Like, I think we have all the talent and potential in the world to get a game like that, and that just sets the tone, sets the standard for what we're trying to accomplish, and it gets everybody on board, both the fans, the younger players, the coaches, the rivals, the media, everybody will see what ULM's about now, like, see the work that we put in paying off. And comes down like a game, like, obviously Alabama, like, that's one of the toughest teams in the country, but if we can just get our respect in those type of games and show them what we can do, and that's what it's all about in those games. Well, guys, we thank you so much for joining us on the Fun Podcast. Looking forward to seeing what the Rocks can do here in 2022. Thank you, guys. Jeremy, yeah. our first in-person yeah. Sun Conference Media Days yesterday, or last year, doing it virtually. Yes. It's a lot better being here on Bourbon Street. I think so. I mean, it's not good the day after, but definitely while we're here, yeah, it's good. I'm wanted by a couple uh, of uh, establishments. There's some bartenders and announcers looking for me. So if anybody asks, I'm not here. I will point them in your direction. You know who joined us though while we're in New Orleans? Who's that? No. From the Daily News Record. I remember Noah. It's like he appeared on the show not too long ago. Right? He was on the show not too long ago. That is correct. So, Noah, welcome in, man. Yeah, man. It's been a good time. Good two days here. So, how was your first Sunbelt Conference Media Day? It was a lot better than I expected. I mean, it's really put together really well, and I didn't know really what to expect on that front. It's in a good location, and the food has been spectacular. Well, you are in New Orleans, where food is spectacular. In Louisiana, Jeremy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, the whole state of Louisiana. I, I, I know Monroe is known for its culinary culture. More so than Jones Okay, well, that's, that's fair enough. So, no, did it answer your question though? Who's, who's winning the East? Who's winning the East? App State. I'm sticking with App State winning the East. And the West? You know, I think there's a there's a dark horse candidate, and it's not Louisiana. Obviously, that's the favorite. I think I'm going with first year head coach. We're going with Troy. He likes oh, the Trojan. I yeah. agree, but I, I, I still think that the the road in the West goes through the state of Alabama. I think, though, the East is still Georgia State. Do you think Georgia State is going to win the East? I have Appalachian State winning the East. But, uh, that's all right. You know, Georgia State, who knows? I don't know why you think that. I don't either, because I, I, I feel like I picked them last year, too. Yeah. On the hype of Ben Moore, and, and that just did not work out. That was a that was a $50 bet that just went flush. Well, you know, Army made them look silly last year. Last year. I think who gets Army this year at the start of the season? Is it Georgia State? I think they play him again. Mm, somebody else is. Another Warhawks game. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's Coastal Carolina. Okay. So that'll be a good test for Coastal Carolina. No way you're really picking Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I, I, I feel like they're just... 
too highly likely to not succeed offensively with that dude being gone. I, I still think Grace McCall has a good season. I think that the, the shots are in the postseason with a 17 win season. But I just don't think that they, they have what it takes to really contend for the East or a Central Conference title this year. How about in the West, who do you think causes noise? Maybe doesn't win, but creates some problems. I'm going to defer to Noah first. I'm going to see what the new guy says up the West. Hold on, let me take a look at the logos here. Oh, he's going scientific. He's looking at logos. No, I think he's just trying to real. Okay, okay. So, so I'm still sticking with Troy as my winner. So, obviously, which would make noise. But I think, you know, another team that's going to make some noise here. He turns around, staring, looking. It's from, a, it's from the state you currently reside in. I'm going with Texas State. Oh, all right. Yeah, you know what? That's not a bad thing. People love Boobcats. As the... The dark horse, if they really get yeah, things Yeah, I think that's a good dark horse because they have some nice offensive pieces. Yes. They used to be known for their defense, but that's falling off. I don't know about this year, but my feelings are I think that the, the Cats are, are, are still a boom-bust type of team. I think that they can, they could contend in the West. They could fall flat and, and be at the bottom. And, and, you know, I really hope that they're at the top. I like uh, head coach Jake Spadball and hope that he can do whatever he can to come back for another Sunbelt Conference Media Days next year as the head of Texas State. <laughs> but it, it, it's going to be an uphill battle. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. They're pretty chill in San Marcos. Not when it comes to Bobcat football. <laughs> Not when it comes to Bobcat football. The claws come out when they start talking about the cats. That's absolutely true. Do you want to do your parting shots? Plugs, promos, parting shots as we wrap up from Sunbelt Conference Media Day. Noah, kick us off with your plug, promo, and parting shot. Parting shots, you know... I really like what you know everyone's had to say this week. You know, it's been a great time, a great time. But I think they should just get rid of preseason polls because they obviously don't mean anything. I I have to I'm going to jump on poll take. I disagree because if they didn't have a preseason poll. Where else would Jeremy have hope for his rentals? I mean, but why does every co so it's it's called the coach's preseason poll? But why does every coach? say it doesn't matter, they discredit it, but yet they're the ones who voted in it, so... Look, I, I like that, but Hilton voted for his team as a first place and then bumped him up into the... I love it. What confidence. Coming in as a first-year head coach, you saying, you know what? Forget how bad we might have been in the past few years for the, the Eagles. We're winning it all this year. You know, here's my thing on preseason polls. I don't like any preseason Feel like it's, it's a mindset of the people that that it's, it's sort of resets the team. So it's harder to go down or miss the rising. Like so, for instance, Texas is always like a top ten team every year in this preseason. It seems like it takes six weeks before national media finally realizes maybe Texas isn't negative. So are you implying that the Fun Belt Five started by? Fun Belt Podcast yeah. is another bogus poll. I made yeah. it a little bit, and I'm part of the culture. I, I admit, but if if somehow we made it illegal, I would. Call it. 
I am revoking your, your voting rights. <laughs> and I will For the good of America. Find a new what? for the Fun Bell Five. <laughs> Jeremy, give us your party shot. Uh, my parting shot is uh, last night I watched uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Because that's what you should do in New Orleans. Yeah, well, I was tired. And I was watching the movie, and at one point, Shia LaBeouf takes like a, a, an enormous rat snake and rescues Indiana Jones from some quicksand by using it as a weapon. Very realistic. Yeah, and that's when I realized that maybe it was fun for me. And that's my parting shot. From uh, Billy Madison, or they're at the game show. I've never seen Billy Madison. Me either. <laughs> yes! So you're outnumbered. So, yeah, why don't you come up with another analogy that I, both of us can appreciate? I am completely at a loss that we don't want you to watch Billy Madison. Oh, well. I have that as well. Adam Sandler movies? Uh, that's not my thing. So you don't want to vote You don't want to watch Adam Sandler movies? No. He doesn't want to do a lot. I, I just had standards and principles. And no, I had all those things. Well, I mean, they're not heavy. I mean, they're, they're not on glowing display. But they're there. Deep down, deep, deep, deep. In the heart of Texas? Yeah. My parting shot. Guys, we're at the year 2022. Why do we still have to pay $5 for internet access at a hotel? And we'll already be a price gouged over $200 a month. Why? Where are you staying that you're paying five dollars a night for I am staying at a hotel that displays a lot of boxes, oh. but I will not name. Okay, I got you. The said hotel. All right. Yikes! It's not this hotel. It's not the Sheridan. It is not the Sheridan. Yeah, the Sheridan has been very, very generous and accommodating with their Wi-Fi. So you're implying that I should have ponied up and not been so cheap. I, you know what? If you go cheap in one area, they're going to find a way to make it pan. Much like your poll. And there it is. <laughs> for Dusty Thibodeau, we're on the board. Jeremy Harper, Hal Razor, and Noah from the Daily. Yikes, I don't have a last name back uh, here. You don't need a last name. You just need to be able to fill out a ballot correctly on the votes. We're the Fundamental Podcast, and we'll be back next week with more makeup. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.